I'm concluding a series of homilies from Paul's epistle to the Philippians. We are at chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen and me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Come and be with us in these moments, O God, by your presence. Make them holy and sacred. Moments in which our eyes are open to your holiness. This we ask in the name of the Word made flesh. Amen. We hate the idea that we're just taking up room on the planet. Our souls yearn to believe that we were created for some purpose, and we want to know what that purpose is. This is why there is so much passion behind our efforts at discerning calling. We want to know why we were created. What is our responsibility? And when you get a sense of what it is that you're called to do, you throw yourself into it because you would like to be impressive in your call. As if God is in heaven looking down saying, yeah, it was a good decision to call Barnes. He's, he's really helping out. <laughs> to be clear, God doesn't need help. And none of us have been called to be impressive. All of us have been called to be faithful. But this text is saying even more than that. We're actually called to faithfulness in routine and ordinary ways. God loves routine. Aren't you glad you came to chapel today? As I indicated earlier on in these homilies, uh, this epistle is all about calling, God's calling and our calling. And uh, the apostle who wrote it fulfilled his calling by going from one town to the next proclaiming the gospel, never really having a grand plan. Sometimes the gospel would take root and the church would be born. Sometimes he and his colleagues would be chased out of town with a shower of rocks behind them, but they would just go to the next town. Then after one journey, they would have another one and then another. And now he's near the end of his ministry, possibly the end of his life, writing apparently from jail and what are among his last words? How does he conclude these last words? Keep on doing what you have received and heard. 
and the God of peace will be with you. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing that which is true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable. Keep on doing what you know is right. Don't waste time trying to impress a God who has called you to do what you know is right and to do it again and again. Have you ever taken a small child up and thrown this kid over your head and the kid is filled with fear and delight and he's squiggling, or she's squiggling up there and she's, she's screaming and screaming. You think this child's having a little heart attack so you... You put the kid down, and what does that child always say? Do it again. So you do it again. And you put the child down, and the same thing happens again. Do it again. You go through this six, seven times, it occurs to you, this kid's going to last a lot longer at this game than you are. <laughs> Kids love to see things done again and again and again. And when it comes to Christmas traditions at home, whew, children are fundamentalists. I mean, <laughs> there is a right way to decorate the tree. There's a right time to do it. There's a right time to open the presents. There's a right order for opening the presents. You don't mess with the tradition, not when you have a child at home. Because kids love to see things done again and again. Why is that? It's because children are made in the image of God. G.K. Chesterton has written that the sun rises every morning not just because of the laws of nature, but because God squeals like a child with delight and tells the sun, do it again. And the next morning God says, do it again and again. Yes, God loves routine. Who do you think created it? Whether it's little things like electrons going around and around and around the nucleus, or big things like planets going around and around the sun, if any of them stop doing their routines, we are all in big trouble. Creation gives praise to the Creator by fulfilling its routines again and again and again and again. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. The same thing is true about the routines of your life. We're coming near to the end of another semester that has been filled with lectures and precepts and papers and exams and field education assignments, all while trying to keep up to the expectations of family and friends and and meals and, and laundry and bills that have to get paid and trying to find some money along the way and, and maybe some exercise and, oh yeah, there's that spirituality thing and, and building community and when you can, maybe even sleep. Do you think it's going to be that different next semester? <laughs> or when you bust out of here, do you think you're free from routines? <laughs> oh, no. I can promise you this, at the end of every long and exhausting day, the next morning God will greet you 
and with delight tell you, do it again. Do it again. Winter, spring, summer, fall, praise God from whom all blessings flow. The question is, can we see the blessings from God that are flowing through what we dare to call ordinary and routine? I once had the opportunity to have an echocardiogram test. This is a cool test. If you get to pick your test, choose this one. <laughs> they put this gooey stuff on your chest, then the technician puts a paddle right where your heart is. And you look in the monitor and pretty soon you're looking at the inside of your heart. This is like the Discovery Channel, but it's your heart. And when the technician got it to a valve, I became fixated. This valve just kept opening and closing and opening and closing and opening and closing and opening. That's its job. That's its routine. It has to just keep opening and closing and opening and closing. It doesn't get a break. It doesn't go on vacation. It can't take a day off. It can't even come to chapel unless you bring it. It has to just keep <laughs> opening and closing and opening and closing. And then it occurred to me that the difference in life and death is the faithfulness of this vow in continuing to open and close and open and close. So I started rooting for it at this point. <laughs> like, do it again. Okay, do it again. There we go. Now, most of you did not wake up this morning worried about your heart valves. You didn't even think about them. You just assumed that. But a heart valve that keeps opening and closing is a blessing from heaven. Ask those who have bad hearts. They'll explain this to you. Ordinary routines filled with God's blessings. And now we are in the season of Advent. But this is not your first journey towards Christmas, is it? You kind of know how the story goes. And I can tell you, there aren't going to be any new twists in it this year. We haven't found any new characters for the nativity. No, it's, it's going to be the same story that the church has been proclaiming for over 2,000 years. But this story always becomes gospel when some holy revelation breaks through it for you. And at that moment, your life is transformed again and again by the blessings of God in this holy story. But you have to look for it. My wife has an annual tradition of looking for her Advent gift. What she means by this is, is not a miracle, but just some way in which the sacred breaks through these ordinary and routine activities this year. Sometimes it comes through hearing a familiar scripture text in ways she's never heard it before. Or perhaps a piece of sacred music or even a carol. Some years her advent comes simply by witnessing an act of grace demonstrated by one person towards another. And for her it's as if the angels are proclaiming God is with us. She finds it every year. 
only because, like the Magi, she goes and searches diligently for it. We are at the end, almost, of another year in this world that is so far from peace on earth. If we're going to get closer to the dream next year, it will be only because ordinary people like you and me fulfill their calling to do what they know is right and commit their lives to that which is true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable. This is how God fixes the world. When people commit themselves to doing that which is right again and again and again, to doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly, it's all that we've ever been called to do. It's enough to use up your life in magnificent ways. But you're not going to find the hope to continue in this sacred calling unless you discover the advent of the Savior anew this year. Unless you too go and search diligently for him knowing that he can be found in something as ordinary and routine as a manger. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.